So hello, welcome everyone to the second episode of the March for Our Lives Houston podcast. I am Mallory Towser, one of your hosts. And I am Allison Campos, one of the other hosts. I am sorry if you hear any of the dogs I am dog sitting or the alarms. And unfortunately, Etsy could not make it to this episode, but don't worry, she'll be in the next one. She'll be back. Um, so Allison, would you like to tell us about the rest of your story about the first meeting you joined in March for Our Lives Houston? Of course. Okay, so I left it that I suddenly joined the voice channel because back then we actually used Discord VC. It was really weird. And like for someone who just like got into the org, keep in mind, I joined that exact same day. I was so confused. I didn't know what to do. So what I did was I was like all I could hear was chaos. I didn't know what was going on. I heard people screaming at each other, laughing. And I was like, what did I just walk in on? And then like all of a sudden it got quiet and I'm like, uh, did I do something? Like I, I literally left because of embarrassment. And then 15 minutes in, I'm just like, like I joined back when they were like actually having the meeting. So I'm like, oh, okay, thank God I didn't embarrass myself. But let's just say it made me not want to use the discord voice chat because I was so embarrassed but we eventually moved to zoom and it was all good I will say I definitely think it's a lot less chaotic now which is good so now we are gonna move on and introduce some of our guests would any of y'all like to go first I can hi my name is Ari I am currently 16 years old I go to Cypress Woods High School um, I joined my Our Lives June 2020, so it's coming up on a year, so that's fun. Um, I, why did I join? I joined because my mom made fun of me because I would always like talk about issues or something, and she was always like, you're not taking action, and I said, you know what? I will take action, and so I signed up, so it was a really impulse decision, but it was pretty good one I think my biggest pet peeve it's really weird but um like when people have like dirt on their shoes but then they step in a puddle of water and it just leaves like muddy water on the floor like it literally is so annoying to me and like makes me want to cry like no I cannot stand it I cannot I will freak out if I see it um, in the committees I'm part of, I'm currently the creatives co-lead, but I'm also an event and I'm supposed to be in community and engagement, but I missed the meeting, but you know, we're working on it. So yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Ari. And who would like to go next? I can go next. So, um, hey pod, my name is Mandy Tran. I am 19 years old and I go to the University of Texas at Austin, but because of the panorama, I have been stuck in Houston, thus me being here still. I also joined March for Lives Houston, the, I believe like the same time, around the same time Ari did, which was like June, 2020, like during the week of um, the murder of George Floyd. My pet peeve. Okay, so I listened to the past, I listened to the first episode of this pod to prepare myself and I resonated with Allison's anecdote about being a woman in STEM and men talking over you and stuff. So I decided my pet peeve today would be people who make quote unquote edgy, offensive jokes, 
but not just that it's that that's the jokes themselves aren't the problem it's that they're not creative so for example, I was in comp sci when I was uh, in high school because I, computer science, because I um, thought I wanted to code apparently. And the amount of times people would tell me to shut up and make a sandwich, that I can't drive and do anything, that I'm only here for, you know, yellow fever purposes. It was unoriginal, it was not creative. And I didn't appreciate that. You're really gonna, you're really, you're really gonna say all that um, to me as if I have not heard it before. I wish they had more imagination while they were insulting me. And then the committees I am a part of. I am a part of the creatives committee. So shout out Ari. She is my lead. Um, I am also a part of events and community and engagement. And speaking of community engagement, let's go Esme, who is my other lead. Okay, yes. First, I just got braces. So I'm sorry about the lisp. I'm still very new to this. Um, my name is Esme. I just turned 18 and I'm going to the University of Houston this fall. <laughs> I joined March for Our Lives Houston earlier around March 2020. And yeah, one pet peeve I have is when I'm talking to someone and like I try to do something else and they think I'm not paying attention to them. So try to like touch me and tell me like, hey, pay attention. No, I am paying attention. I'm just doing something else. It just really makes me mad. It's a really specific thing. And committees I'm part of, I was the outreach co-lead, but now I am community and engagement lead. I am also in events and I'm supposed to be in legislation. Okay, I'm just gonna say real quick, I completely agree with your pet peeve. Like, especially like whenever I'm watching TV with my mom, it's like, I'll get up to like go to the kitchen and she's like, oh, I'll pause it. And I'm like, no. I can still, I'm not deaf. I can hear the TV. I don't need to like see everything to know what's going on. And it's just like, I feel like people underestimate our hearing abilities. Like just because I'm doing something else doesn't mean I suddenly can't hear anything. Um, so moving on, this is just a question for everyone. What was it like in March for Our Lives Houston when you first joined? Well, I think I joined maybe just like a little bit after Mandy. Did. So our experiences will probably be like relatively like similar, but I remember like when I first joined, like it was really like tight knit and like we would stay up to like 3 a.m. spamming like not in gin with like random, just random conversation and like we all would just like not go to sleep. And, like we were just talking constantly and like when I first joined like the committees were a little different and like leadership was definitely different um we've like cycled through a lot of them and like when I first started I guess like people were still like getting their like bearings about them so like there was still like a learning curve for everyone so I felt like kind of comforted that like even though I was new like nobody knew what was going on so you know like I, I fit right in and like I, like my first meeting um I was kind of confused because like you know it was a lot going on and like people seemed to know each other but like the more you just kind of sat there you were like ah this makes sense I would like to be a part of this yes I will come back <laughs> I completely agree with Ari. That was also my experience. I remember, I don't know what we were doing, but like we were, the creatives team has their own like 
um voice channel and I remember me Ari and a few other people we were in that voice channel and we just stayed up to like 4 a.m sharing like ugly pictures of ourselves and for some reason I remember we were we took a picture with each other but we were holding like flip-flops or something I don't know I think we were trying to pretend like we were like royalty and we didn't have any crowns and it was it was a lot um completely agree with the confusion I first joined because my friend uh, Kathleen was executive director and she basically bullied me into it. So I didn't really know what was going on because I tried to ask her questions about what March for Lives Houston does and stuff. And for some reason, she was just very big about it. She's like, hmm, we do gun violence prevention. And I was like, okay, how do you do that? And she's like, hmm, you just, you just have to be here and find out. So yes, very um, confusing, but like, I just, I, I appreciated the vibes. Um, I was just here to clown. And then eventually we did get started organizing. Cause um, yeah, during June, 2020, that's when we were, that was like the beginning of lockdown. Cause so no one knew what was going on. Like I believe before lockdown happened, like March for Lives Houston actually had like in-person meetings. So I don't know how that worked. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. And I mean, we, we got our feet on the ground eventually. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll go next. I am a little bit more seasoned. I am what some people consider a veteran lead. So I've been here for a few months before Ariel and Mandy. I joined in March of 2020. So right when the pandemic hit, I was literally on vacation in Cancun and like the whole world was in shambles. And I was sitting on a boat, like signing up for this organization. It was crazy. And I joined and there were only like 30 people. I, when I joined, I was automatically a lead like I had applied for a lead position nobody else had applied to so I had my committee and I had never organized youth in my life so I was so confused and I had like three members of my committee and Allison was one of them she I had like no more than probably six people and she was there she was an OG and back then the meetings were really really awkward we had them I think on Google Meets or on Discord and nobody said anything it was just updates and that was it we did not know each other but eventually the community got better, we had to know each other more, and it became a lot more fun. No, I remember this specifically, because here's the thing, I remember I joined, and the original outreach lead, like, he only reached out to me, like, once, like, hey, welcome to the org, is there anything I can do for you, and then right after that, um, like, no response, and then when Esme became lead, that's when everything changed. For the better, like, literally, she made a whole community. Like, without Esme, like, March for Lives Houston would not be the way it is. Oh, for reference, I was previously outreach lead, and then I switched over to a new committee. We just created community engagement. I will say, though, if you decide to join March for Our Lives Houston now, um, you'll probably be less confused because we have, like, the buddy system. So it's, like, as soon as you join, then, like, you can have a buddy to basically just, like, explain everything to you. So it's it's a lot less confusing and you feel less like on your own or like you just know like one person. So I think it's a lot better for like, you know, learning the ropes and, you know, making friends. So don't don't be scared to join because you're going to be confused because I promise you're not going to be confused now. We haven't figured out. Yeah, Mallory, didn't you join in 2021? So how was how was your beginning? How did you feel about us? Well, I, I actually joined in 2020 in like the summer, but okay, honestly, I didn't really do much because I didn't really know what was going on. Wait, um, you were here this entire time? Yeah, it, I joined in like the late summer. I feel like it was like August or something. Oops. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, I just like went to the meetings and like, that was it. <laughs> um, um, So I really wasn't like active at first, Um, but then I joined social media and then 
um, I became, you know, podcast sub lead. So that was exciting. So it's like, I really didn't start like doing stuff until uh, after I'd been in the org for a few months. Um, but I mean, it's so much better if you actually do stuff. Cause it's like, whenever you can actually like, you know, be, be in, in a committee and like, actually like help out with like actually doing stuff like on Instagram or on the podcast here, it's way more rewarding because like before I could just be like, oh yeah, I'm in a gun violence prevention organization, but now I can be like, oh yeah, like I'm doing these things. I'm like, I literally have a podcast or I'm part of a podcast where like we talk about gun violence prevention and stuff like that. And then I help promote stuff on Instagram. So it's, it's just, you just get more out of it. Um, I will say though, at the beginning, I was very confused because I joined like right before the buddy system started and then they like implemented the buddy system. And I'm like, I think I've been here like a little bit too long to like have a buddy. So it's like, if I joined like two weeks later, I would have been so much better off, but it's okay. I figured it out. Okay, so our next question is targeted to those who have been here like a little bit since the beginning. So what was the large influx of people? How was it like and how did it change organizing or just overall the community? Well, at first it was really confusing because you had like your group of people like you knew who you were working with. And like all of a sudden, all of a sudden we went from 30 people to like 120. And it was just a little bit overwhelming, especially as a lead. Yeah, so over the summer we had recruitment campaigns. So we put out graphics and contacted other organizations promoting our organization. And so more people joined as we kept promoting what we do and who we are. Um, so around June, like May, June, when school was ending, we had a lot of people join. And it was a little overwhelming, especially being a lead and getting to know like more people to work with. But it became really fun. It was like having more friends when you're, more friends join your group but it was a little bit of a change to get used to. And also what was like the first small reform like before the summer of 2020? Like any changes that happened? There have been a good amount of changes and I am forgetting all of them. I think the biggest one we had was that we changed creative leads. I think like we completely reformed the creatives committee um, and it was like, something to get used to because we were pumping out a lot of graphics and we need them to get out like as soon as possible. So like having that pause was a little bit of like, uh, what do we do moment. Also, I think that was the time we started becoming more social. So like we switched over from being like more, just like organizing, organizing, like no one ever talked to like getting to know one another. You would stay up, you would talk to people one-on-one, -on -one. like you made bonds and friendships. For those of you all who joined like during quarantine, how was it like adapting to organizing um, online in comparison to in-person? Okay, so organizing online, that was difficult. Yeah, like I said, like, I feel like when I joined, everyone was still really, everyone was still adjusting to um, lockdown, and we didn't really know what was going on. Honestly, I don't really, I'm not the most familiar on what Marshallized Houston was doing um, before I joined, but I'm assuming there was a lot of in-person events and such that I never had and still have not been able to be a part of, but I feel like, I mean, I'm pretty proud of the way we adjusted, honestly. I feel like we did a good job. Like Esme said, I mean, it was like, first of all, like the influx of people meant that we had a lot more manpower to do like a lot more tasks. So like, especially like outreach and social media, I feel like they both do like a pretty 
like they both work really hard with like um, advertising to community members and also like reaching out to other organizations and people that we could collaborate with and people that we could like boost stuff also. Um, and also um, I feel like the creatives committee too, cause like for context, the creatives committee was like the first one I joined. It's like my main team. Um, I feel like we in particular weren't really as like, like it like well, lockdown wasn't that much of an obstacle for us because you just make art. So like you just do it at home. So we were making like graphics and such for social media and other things. And we also, um, I feel like, wait, yeah, the like first thing that I did in March when I joined was our like um LGBT plus like Black Pioneers campaign on Instagram. Um, I thought that was pretty um, cool because it was like educational and like everyone sees all those graphics, like all those infographics on um, Instagram. And it was nice to see like, hmm, I, cause at first, like before then I was kind of, I was kind of doubtful of like their sources and stuff, but like actually being able to like create those graphics and like be a part of like organizing that campaign and such. Um, I saw that like a lot of people actually really cared about like how factual we were being and we really wanted to like educate people and like maybe like little known um, icons and like historical figures. So that was pretty cool. And we also, I mean, later on I did join events and I feel like being in lockdown and forcing everything to go online made us be able to reach a wider community because Houston is big because like we're in like a lot of us are in the greater Houston area. I personally live in Katy, so I'm like, 40 minutes from downtown and like us being online made it so much easier and I just made a lot of things more accessible accessible especially because all of our like events whether they be like educational or like our actions such as like phone banking and other things that are much funner than phone banking like we just all moved online I feel like that really contributed to our growth even though obviously we would rather not be in this situation yeah and to add on to that like um, I think joining like in the midst of quarantine was probably like the best bet for me because like beforehand I probably wouldn't have been involved because I do live in the Cyprus area which is like really far removed from like the actual like city of Houston so I think like if every if it weren't for the switch to it being like more online based I probably wouldn't have been as involved as I am. And I probably would have never like moved up and become a leader or anything. And also like just generally, I think the switch to online just like made people more active because first of all, they had time because we weren't doing anything. It was quarantine, we couldn't go outside. We couldn't hang out with our friends. So might as well do some activism work. And also like Mandy said, it was just more accessible to do yeah, I totally agree. Like, honestly, if we weren't online, I don't think I would be able to be a part of it because like, okay, I don't live like way far out there, but like I live, I live a good like half hour, maybe um, on a good traffic day from like downtown. Um, and it's like, I can't drive yet. And I would feel really bad just like making my parents drive me somewhere. And then just like, I don't know, just wait an hour and then drive me home. Um, so I th- just being online has just made it so much, so much easier for more people to be involved, which I think is really important. Yeah, I joined a little bit earlier. So like right when we were like discovering the pandemic was in the US. Um, so in March, we were like, oh yeah, in like two weeks we can do our marches or whatever. And then like it got more serious. We were like, oh yeah, in a month, like we'll plan it out. 
And then by like the end of April, like mid-May, we were like, oh, this is not going away. So like we had to really like, like move everything we knew like online because we knew that we weren't able to organize in person anytime soon and we were right. I remember you speaking about this and like we even made plans to like even have a picnic, but it was impossible because of the pandemic. And obviously we still hadn't had the vaccine, but Esme, you did mention that you were put into a leadership position early. How was that transition and how was that overall? It was really scary because I was like newly 16. Like I had never met anybody here ever in my life. I had only had very little organizing experience, but with workers unions, so not really like gun violence prevention. And there was no lead before me. So the executive director had to like give me one meeting and I had one meeting with the state director and they're like, okay, this is what you do. Like you have a Google Drive folder with everything you need. So like figure it out. And it was really tough. My first few meetings were a little bit awkward leading them, but as time went on, it got a lot better. I got a lot better at my job. Everyone got more comfortable around me, working around me. And then right when it started getting good, um, the previous outreach lead, like he left. So I had to take on his job, which was like my job times three. And I was in charge of like the email, um, media contacts, writing a newsletter. I had never like created a graphic in my life. And now I had to make a newsletter. I was like, terrified it was the worst and I think the worst part of all was that the previous lead neglected his job for like two years so I had to like go through two years of emails in four separate accounts and I I was just terrified but it got a lot better um as more people joined I got more comfortable like putting myself out there and working with new people and trying new ideas and now it's great I love being a lead here all right, thank you, Esme. Um, so now we're moving more into the summer of 2020. Um, so we already kind of talked about this, like accessibility um, and having a lot of more people join, um, but what was it like having the org be just so active? I think the org being so active was like, kind of like inspiring almost because like we were all like organizing, we we're all getting shit done, you know? Um, and honestly, I think the biggest like, the thing that we did over the summer that like I still think about like I still talk about like us is like the banner drop like when we were able to coordinate that and pull it off I remember because I went like with the Cypress team to drop ours and like you know I just felt like so um active you know and like like hanging it up like yeah I was terrified but also I was like yeah, we're hanging a banner where we're not supposed to, to get a good message out, to divest from police and invest in communities, you know, but like, just like having like people, you know, like actually like doing stuff around you just kind of like empowered my need to like want to do more. Yeah, that banner drop was iconic though, like you have to admit. <laughs> Dude, that, that banner drop was so good. I mean, I completely agree with what Ari said. Um, honestly, like when I reflect on um, quarantine and such, seeing that like my first year of college was all online, which is kind of mm, kind of sad, but it's fine. 
I feel like I genuinely believe that like March for Our Lives Houston's like the fact that they were so active has like single-handedly like saved my sanity um for this past lockdown because even before lockdown I'm not a very um like I'm not a, the most social I mean I'm, I'm social in here but that's because like I'm familiar with everyone now but it's not like I didn't hang out with my friends or anything I didn't like go out or anything like I just interacted with people through school and then I went home and that was basically it um so even before then I was kind of lonely not gonna lie um and just being able to like even if I'm not actively talking because I swear I wake up and there's like 500 messages in the channel that I have to like skim through and just seeing people like so active and like the like starting to like understand inside jokes and stuff and developing inside jokes with people and like organizing with people um like yeah we mostly get things done and are productive during our meetings and such but then I really enjoy like the times when for example we have office hours at like night um like for example like from eight to nine but then after nine when the office hours are over and then some people stay and we just talk about our life and just complain about lockdown and like school and college apps and such and it's been like so like i just it's so cheesy and it's gross but like i really did like find a community here and it was really cute yeah more on like um the org being active like in regards to organizing we like talking about the banner drop we dropped like over 30 banners in houston like that is a really like fucking amazing amount i don't know if i can curse on here but like that was really impressive you could like send a message out saying hey i need help with like planning this event and easily like an easy 30 40 people would join and come help you but not just like helping you through this organizing but like if you need help with school with college apps there were members of different ages and varieties and experiences that could come help you. Um, you could send a meme in the chat and like 20 people will respond and send more memes. And it was just like having a really big friend group all over the city that were also badass advocates. And so we already talked a little bit about, um, you know, Mandy finding her community here. Um, but what was it like bonding through just Zoom and other online activities like game nights that we used to do instead of like in-person stuff? Oh my gosh, game nights. Like, <laughs> that period of time was unmatched. Um, I think it first started with, like, the events, um, like, the committees going, like, head-to-head -to, -head to compete in, like, Google Feud and Kahoot and Mafia. Um, and then, like, it just kind of spiraled out of that. But I remember game nights, we would stay up till like, creatives won the game night. Esme. Yes, shout us out, shout Creative us out. One. We are the best committee. We have a whole certificate and everything. But like, like, like spiraling out of that, we would stay up like, like really like late into the morning playing like Mafia and Among Us whenever that first came out. And I remember Mafia so vividly because like we would literally get into arguments about who was mafia and like it was so funny so many inside jokes came out of it and like i remember again back to the banner drop even when we met in person we literally continued a mafia game that we had started like the night before <laughs> and like we finished it in a starbucks parking lot because you know we were just so competitive but it was so fun like getting to know everyone through these game nights 
they the game nights were amazing. I remember every time I joined, because I wouldn't join every time, they would always pick me for Mafia. And they were right. It was always me, but I would deny it so hard. It was the best. And once Among Us came out, like before it was super popular, we would play that. And I still do not know how to play Among Us, but I would try my best. I would just run around and press a button and call a meeting, and that's all I would do. Um, something else we all did, like other than like a game night, we made our own like event, like a bonding event, um, where we roasted all the leads. I don't know if you saw on TikTok where it's like you roast your friends in PowerPoints. We did that for all of the leads, and specifically as an example, we roasted the executive director. His name was George, and if you know George. He is always talking about being Greek because he is Greek, if you didn't know. Like Greek yogurt, he'll type in Greek. He sent the other day a video of SpongeBob in Greek. Like he is about that Greek life, but for real. And we roasted him so bad, but it was hilarious. Like everyone was going off about the other leads. For me, when I think it was legislation, the committees that roasted me, they called me Dora the Explorer coconut head, my feelings were hurt, and I'm pretty sure there were some microaggressions in there, but it was a good time. Not to mention Outreach One, I think we roasted Erica or Ethan, one of our previous leads, but it went off. Our, our events were popping. Hey, Esme, during the summer, didn't y'all, weren't you also part of like a huge like polygamous marriage ceremony? Oh my gosh, the 4th of July wedding. That is like the first bonding event I ever went to. I was still new to the org. And like, we were like talking about it and not gin until like 3 a.m. And they were all like, mm, let's get married. Let's get yeah, on July 4th. I, I had, had no idea what was going on. I just read a few of the messages in the not general channel. And I thought it was like a legitimate event. Like I thought it was like a real, like a GVP, like gun violence prevention. There was like an event going on. And I was like DMing my friend and I'm like, hey, okay, like what is this? What is this event? Like, oh, what are we doing? Um, what is it, what is the what is the goal here? And she was like, nah, dude, it's a it's a marriage. It's a marriage <laughs> ceremony. Esme, please elaborate, because I'm still confused. It was a good time. So back in like June, back when we would like stay up all the time, there were like, there was a certain group of individuals who would always like talk. It was me, Allison, I think Christina Wynn, and some other members, I completely forgot, but um, it was a really like close community. And we were talking one night and we were like, yo, I love you so much. And they were all like, yo, we love each other so much. Why don't we just get married? And then we did get married. We created this entire event where all six of us or seven got married in one Zoom call. We had other members be the ring bearer, like best man, the bridesmaid. I even got ordained as a minister so I could marry ourselves. I, in the United States, am an ordained minister. If you want to get married, hit me up. But it was a really good time. And our anniversary is coming up because it went to 4th of July. So I think we will renew our vows. Wasn't y'all's vows like super bass by Nicki Minaj? Yeah, it was. was as our vows. And I think as our wedding wise as well. We all were white. We all like walked to our computers. Um, and my cardboard cutout of John F. Kennedy was also there. So if we do not know, I do have a cardboard cutout life size of former president John F. Kennedy. I can bring it out if y'all want to see it. You should bring him out. Oh my bring god. Bring him out, bring JFK. Another special guest to the podcast. No, I remember that too because Angus was the uh, best man 
and like they were all delivering some good speeches like I literally teared up it was so heartfelt yeah I remember this specifically because um me and Gio were flower girls I remember this so vividly like literally some of these speeches actually made me tear up like they were so good and we would like to welcome special guest former president John F. Kennedy Woo! Yay! JFK! Yay! Yes! Yep, JFK was there. About Angus, Angus was also one of our really, really active members, but he went, he left after summer to go to college. But that man, he was always in the not gen. It would be four in the morning and he was having a random picture. He would keep the life going. I remember once he talked about him being put on a no-fly list for stealing an astronaut suit from NASA. So that man, he got stories for days. We're moving into fall 2020 now. And so what was the transition like going from summer into school? And how do you guys balance March for Our Lives and just school stuff? Okay, so in fall 2020, I was like a rising senior. So I just become a senior. And senior writers hit so bad. It was the worst case I had ever seen. I have had senior writers since freshman year, but like... I did not want to get up. I was doing school for my computer and literally all I wanted to do was go back to the summer and organize with everyone. So it was really weird, like having so much time to organize, to having like, to be in class. So I would simply abandon my responsibilities at school and organize. I skipped the SAT to do a protest. It was in September. We had the RBG protest and I was like, you know what? I'm just no showing to my SAT. And that was it. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, school kind of hit me like a truck because I was a rising junior. I was doing it online. And honestly, I would just leave Discord open and type all day organizing and stuff. And I remember I would leave school early to do things too. And I remember for the fall art series, I literally took my camera. I left school and I showed up. Even though I was not invited, I showed up to like get like to document everything because I was like wow this is so inspiring <laughs> and like now thinking about it I'm like maybe I should have you know worked a little bit harder in my fall semester but you know you got to do what you got to do but yeah okay, we're here to help you with your college apps as always dude so okay so for context I feel like 90 or like 85 or something, just a vast majority of the students in March are, were high school seniors at the time. So I felt like every person was like crying over their college apps. And I felt, I really felt for them. Cause like, huh, I was there, but I wasn't there during quarantine. So like fall 2020, like, don't get me wrong. We were very active. Like, as they say, said, we organized the RBG protest. We did so many um, campaigns to get out the vote for the 2020 elections, but it was very stressful. Like not just me observing, I felt it was palpable how stressed everyone was about college apps and stuff. And I like, shout out to y'all. I really admire you guys for like going through all that while trying to apply for college. Cause I was only here for emotional support. And I, I really appreciated the effort y'all put in despite everything. Okay, um, going back to what Ari said about the fall art series, March for Life Nationals did like art builds in a lot of major cities. So when they got to Houston, 
we had like very little people from our team that were able to go because it was literally on like a Wednesday and it was in the morning. So what I did is that I was absent the entire day at school and I showed up to the event and I was like the one that was there the entire day, just like tagging along with everyone, helping put these things up together. And Ari was there. She was the second person who got there to document everything. But it was a very stressful time. And I cannot believe that I skipped school to do that. And I skipped my SAT to do a Ruth Bader Ginsburg protest because um, I think it was when she died, right? And they were going to replace her seat. Yeah. I would like to go back and touch um, on Mandy specifically because um, you were a college freshman, correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, how was your experience or how would you compare your experience to a high school student organizing during the fall? Yes, you are correct, Allison. Uh, this past year was my first year at UT Austin. Wow. But I stayed in Houston, like I mentioned before. I like the top, I think. Um, surprisingly, I, I mean, it was really different because I started becoming like an activist and like getting involved in like my community and stuff in my senior year of high school and i was very restricted to like obviously like you couldn't do anything while you're in classes so like 245 when like the bell rang or like 240 that's when we could like start doing our um doing our hot activist things and stuff such Oh, but then the thing is, like I mentioned before, uh, everyone, most people in March are high schoolers. I feel like I'm one of the only like seven people that are in college. So because of how our classes lined up, usually when people were still in school, I had like a break or like I was already done with my classes. So I had a much more flexible schedule, which meant that I was able to pull through and complete emergency tasks while everyone was like still um in their classes so i felt very useful uh, for an example uh me and ari we were like like the creatives committee was part of putting together like a short film like an artivism showcase for like the get out the vo uh, to get out the vote um and like it was a series of unfortunate events in which like our previous like audio video audio visual our av lead like there were some bad things happened like footage corrupted and it was very scary because our deadline was like that day because march for lives national actually asked us to like make a video because they were holding like a national online event to get out the boat or something and it was very stressful so i skipped my calculus class which was at, like 1 or 1 30 and i was like you know what i am going to I'll edit the video for us. And for background, I'm not a video editor. I edited like, I only edit like school videos for like Spanish class beforehand. So it was very stressful, but like no one else was available because they were like still in school. Um, so privileges of being in college, I guess. And also, um, even though it was like midterm season, I feel like while everyone was doing their college apps, I felt like I was still like relatively, like I still was still able to be relatively active during like that time in like November-ish, just like before Thanksgiving break, like that period um, to like support, especially because we did a lot of like get out the vote things while everyone else needed to like focus on their academics, which is completely understandable. Another thing, another benefit, I guess, of like continuing activism in college is the ability to like make connections and like bring them back home 
um, a lot of people in March and just like a lot of people that are like impacted by gun violence, just like minorities and low income communities are not like able or like just they just don't have like a history of like going to college or higher education. Like obviously we know like the obstacles that come with that when you are like less privileged. So it was really cool being able to like I'm also like a first gen college student. Um, so it was really cool being able to like bring people from those communities and connect them to high schoolers. Um, I remember at the end of the summer, so it was like August, we had a college workshop and then I was able to like use my network, which is disgusting, but I was able to network and um, like get college, like student activists are from college to come and talk to people about continuing activism during high school, um, after high school and such. Like even if you like don't go to college, just like as an adult basically. So that was really cool. Um, and I suppose that my main thing when the pandemic is over that I like am anticipating the most about uh, college activism is being able to trust that people that like the people around me are activists and have leadership positions because they actually care about their causes and not because they want to put things on their college app resumes. And I'll just end it there. All right, and now we are going to move into winter break 2020. And so we, we actually took a little break. Um, and so what were those two weeks like without having to like organize anything? I would say they were kind of interesting because like I really hadn't had like a solid break from doing work, but I also felt bad because I was like, maybe I should be doing something. Also, you know, you kind of have to take a break in order to stay healthy. But I remember during that break, I believe we had a Barbie movie marathon. Yes, we had the seven days of Barbie. Yes, go keep talking about it. Ari. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> and I had never seen a Barbie movie before. Like the, yeah, I know, crazy. I had no childhood. Um, But like, I don't know, like still taking a break from organizing. Yeah, it felt kind of weird to me. But also it wasn't like too foreign because I was still connected with other members of March for Our Lives through the Barbie movie marathon and was able to like talk to them, you know what I mean? And still like interact and I guess get to know my fellow organizers better so that when we come back for the new year, you know what I mean? Like we would know each other a little bit better and hopefully work better together. Shout out to Princess and the Popper, best Barbie movie. Yes, go Esme. Yeah, what Ari said, it was a little bit strange to not have to organize in those two weeks. We were like going, like transitioning as like a better system of organizing. So we were like all figuring out what would be best for us. So we we're like, you know what? Just so we don't get really confused or lost or mess up big time, we'll just take a break. And it was so weird because especially as a lead, you're constantly, you have like access to all of the channels. So like seeing them all be empty it was like the scene in the movies where the apocalypse happens and everyone dies and it's like empty everywhere. And it was like, where'd everyone go? It's like that. So when it ended and we were finally able to like get back to working again, I was like, yes, I need to see and work on my besties again. So it was strange, but it was very much needed because especially as a lead, you do not get a break. Yeah, I cannot yeah, stress enough how we busted our asses off trying to get out the vote for the 2020 elections and I feel like after um we succeeded and like 
taking out Donald J. Trump, nasty. Um, we were all so tired. We were so exhausted because like people were skipping school. Like my friends in this org have like, like they didn't they didn't submit some of their college apps or like they BS some of their college apps because that's like how much they cared about um this election in particular and we were just all so relieved but also really tired because we know that even with biden we still have a lot of work to do um so i feel like we were so burnt out after that and i remember during the winter a lot of people like turned their focus onto the georgia runoffs so we could like uh, elect a majority democrat senate i believe or house and like i remember we tried to organize for like our georgia um, our Georgia chapter and we just realized how tired we were like even if we did try to push through it um like it wasn't going to be anything particularly effective because we were all way too tired and it was it was healthier for us if we would like give us if we would give ourselves like a hiatus to like take a break and I really appreciate that because again that Barbie movie marathon energized me we watched like 14 I think we watched two a day for one week like before Christmas and it was it was great it was highlights of March Village Houston was Barbie movie night this leads us onto our revival in 2021 where we realized that yes we were stressed and burnt out which led to some of our leads getting co-leads and this is the point where I became executive director secretary and if any of y'all experienced that would y'all like to go yeah, Ari, is this around the time you became creative lead? Yeah, kind of. A little bit, like, later into the beginning of 2021, but still, yeah, I did become creative co-lead in 2021. Um, I guess I could talk about that. So I think it was more around February, because this was after the Valentine's Day art swap thing. So around then... I know that Jessica had put in the channel that she was looking for a co-lead and at this time um, the old AV lead had left and I became AV sub-lead for creatives um, back when we had sub-leads in creatives. So I was AV sub-lead and like she was looking for a co-lead and I was like why not you know I was already on the creatives core team like it wouldn't be too much of a change but you know I, I decided to sign up and then like literally the next day I wound up having an interview but the thing is is whenever I signed up to be creative school lead um it was during the winter snow storm from hell uh so my house pipes burst in my house so literally right before this meeting I had to drive over to my friend's house uh, where she had stable Wi-Fi, internet, you know, running water and everything. Um, but, you know, I drove over to her house and I was so unprepared for this meeting. Um, but, you know, I pushed through. And honestly, I thought I did absolute shit. You know, I thought I was not going to get this. I was like, oh, my God, that is the worst interview anyone has ever seen. Anyone has known to me. But then... <laughs> A couple days later, you know, I got the DM being like, hey, you're the new creatives co-lead. And I was like, that's so cool. And I think I know what Mandy's question is. And I was definitely scared to find out that I was creatives co-lead, but had no bone in my body that was able to draw. 
So you that know. wasn't my question, but yeah, now that we're here, you should talk about that. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Ari can't draw, and now, um, now that we did our um leadership cycle, I don't remember what it was called, and we okay because it's like the new year or whatever. We have like a bunch of new leads now because everyone else's terms are up, and the other creatives lead shout out to dylan he also cannot draw so i'm just very excited on the trajectory of this committee this is why i'm staying in here in the summer until i have to leave for austin very excited um so my question for you i don't really remember the circumstance but like you said like before guys like the creatives committee went through so many reforms like we had like a reform every other week it was crazy but i remember that we had like a reform and jessica put out like an app for sub leads or like a lead or something some type of leadership position and like no one was really applying and i think that geo was like in a voice call with you or like someone was in a voice call with you and they like asked you offhand like hey would you ever like consider applying for a leadership position and then they like reported back in the leads channel and they're like oh ari said that she wouldn't like be interested in ever like taking a leadership position so like i don't know like yeah. <laughs> why are you looking what? at me like that what like i remember think... the fall no. or like winter of 2020. no like, I... new? somebody's lying because <laughs> like I remember whenever like the AV subly like first opened when Gio got it, I applied because honestly, I think the like uh, best like creative thing I do is AV stuff. And so like, I've always like wanted to do AV for March for Our Lives. Like I came in being like, maybe they might need help. Maybe I can help them. Maybe that's how I can contribute. Yeah, no, I definitely would have applied. I don't know. I've been a part of this committee for so long. I I would have done anything I could to help. Nice to know but, that there is not just fake news in Instagram and Facebook, but also within our Discord. Interesting. Our you know what, Ari? Well, we did need you, and you were a great lead, and you still are a great lead. Let's get it. People were lying on me. <laughs> but anyway I'll finish up so Esme can make her point but yeah I was just shocked that I got the lead position because I was like dang I have no uh, skills applicable to this job but somehow I made it and I'm still thriving for a second term so I didn't become a co-lead I was the one who got a co-lead so like I said earlier I was the outreach lead and I got my co-lead around like December no like end of November so like a few months before everyone else did but my grades were plummeting like it was final season and I had skipped my SAT I had 14 absences in like two months like my grades were like going down and I was just like yo I need some serious help like I will not be able to financially recover also yes I was going through a lot of medical straining like medical extraneous situations to the point where at one point i the doctors at texas children's thought i had cancer um and that's why i got my pfizer vaccine so early i got it back in like january so i've been immune for a while now yeah so i thought i had cancer my grades were really bad i was just struggling overall and 
the 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 leads, it was Kathleen and George. They were like, "Hey, did you ever consider getting a co-lead?" And I was like, "Absolutely not, never. This is my committee, and I am the mom here. I am not getting a step parent. These are my children. I love them. I will take care of them. I will step up to the plate." And then finals actually came around. I was like, "This is actually really hard," and I needed to study. So I was like, "Actually, yeah, I would like a co-lead." And they were like, okay, pick one of your members, see who would like to do it. Who do you think would be the best fit? And if you are not familiar with March for Our Life's Houston members or leads, Mr. Cole Holiday was in my committee as a communications sub-lead. And this man was going above and beyond his job. He was like one of the best members I had ever seen organizing in my entire life. And I was like, this is the person who I want to lead with me. I trust him with my life. So I was like, hey, cool. Can you get on a call with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. And my name were really good friends. Like we, we've always been friends since he joined. But by then we we're like beginning to become besties. And I was like, hey, like I need some help. I trust you a lot. Like, you know what you're doing. Would you like to become my colleague? And he was like, absolutely. So since then, he and I have been, had been um, leading outreach and we did an amazing job. So like I said earlier, I had to email back two years of emails in four different accounts. I was sick of looking at emails. I would avoid looking at emails at all costs. And I was so thankful to have Cole there because he would look at the emails and respond when I was just terrible at it and terrified of it. So I was incredibly thankful to have him but then I had to move to a different committee where I could use my strengths better. So yeah, that was my experience getting co-lead. Two questions. Can you talk about prom and can you talk about the Mr. Worldwide house? Absolutely, I can talk about prom. So um, like I said earlier, I am a recent graduate of high school. So my school is really small. So I was really lucky to have a prom. And one of the rules at my school is that you can bring a date it doesn't have to be in the school or in the district. You can bring anyone. So it was like April, March, April. And Cole and I were like this. Like we became even better besties. And I was like, who better in the entire world to be my prom date than Mr. Cole Holiday? And I am so thankful he said yes, because if he said no, I would not have had a date to prom. So me and Mr. Cole Holiday, my coach at the time, and then one of my subleads, two of my subleads actually went to prom with me. One of the subleads I went to school with. So it was me, my friend who I went to school with, her name was Hannah. And then Cole Holiday was my date. And Cynthia was her date. So we all went in the group. We met at Chick-fil-A in Cyprus because the event was in Cyprus. And we took pictures and we hung out in Cynthia's Jeep. We rolled up to prom. It was amazing. I had so much fun. Also, the Mr. Worldwide House. So um, we all have like our names for our committees. So I think, I forgot what creatives is actually, not to be rude, but. Excuse me, Council Bickums, excuse me. <laughs> but we just rebranded to the Big Booty, which is literally yesterday. Perfect. We did, yes. <laughs> so um, Outreach was previously the Barb's because Nicki Minaj, yes but then we rebranded when the leadership came along to the Mr. Worldwide because Pitbull, let's be honest, has the best music ever. Like you cannot deny that his songs are absolute bangers. So 
we are now the Mission Worldwide. It is an initiation when you join our, well, the, the organization, the, the committee, you join our Snapchat group chat, which is called Mr. Worldwide House, and you send a selfie with you and the bald filter, so you look like Pitbull, and then someone has to take a screenshot and you have to be embarrassed. So we are all, like probably 50 or 60 of us, like past and present um, outreach members are in this one Snapchat group chat, and even some of the leads, I know George is in there, but also me and Cole Holiday are staying in Houston to go to college. She's going to Rice and going to UH. And so is Allison. She's going to UH as well as me. Yo, let's go, go Cougars. Um, so we had actually talked about getting our own house together, like our second year, because Cole has to stay on campus his first year because he goes to Rice. So we're like, second year, what if we move in together so we could like rent a house and like hang out and be so swag. So we are still like in the planning process of outreach getting its own house. So that's very, very exciting. I feel like I'm speaking like Eric Cartman, which is throwing me off a little bit. Okay, and now kind of going back to the 2021 revival, what was the activity like once uh, March for Our Lives had kind of started to be revived? Um, I know at least my experience with the creatives committee, activity wasn't the hottest. Uh, you know, especially after the break, I think we lost a lot of, like, people during that, you know what I mean? Like, they probably, uh, got used to, like, not wanting, you know, like, not organizing. So membership and, like, member engagement in general just kind of plateaued. So I think as we're going into summer of 2021, you know, things are starting to pick up a little bit more because people have more free time. But I know, like, after we came back from Christmas break, it seemed like people had lost a little bit of motivation. Yeah, and so that was, like, something hard to, like, kind of, like, try and pick up or, I guess, work around, too. Yeah, so, um, like, during final season, it did become a little bit less active than it normally was. But in outreach, I'm really thankful to have created, like, a really good community where we're all, like, really close and work with you with one another. So like during times where it wasn't super active in the organization overall, we still had like a good, strong like attendance record and people like stepping up to help. But like our committee calls definitely got smaller and it became a lot, uh, not a lot, but a little bit tougher to plan our events. And yeah, uh, during spring, spring semester, I had a really, difficult time with school and like it was I mean for Esme apparently she had senioritis since freshman year but then this is a time where everyone started getting senioritis and you would think that they would redirect that time to organizing but no we were tired we were still really tired I feel like everyone was like kind of in mourning for like the senior year that they couldn't have which like I completely understand and that was really I don't know, I felt like it was kind of a reflective period. Everyone was like about to be done with high school um, and I was about to be done with my first year of college and I felt like I accomplished so little and I was like so behind in my peers and all that. And uh, that, and also us, even though we, I do enjoy our virtual events because if they were in person, I would not have been able to go because I have to stay home to take care of my little brother. Um, but I do feel like people were getting a little bit tired of like 
virtual organizing and we just really wanted to see each other like all these people on this pod right now i have never seen any of them in person except for allison because we went to the same high school together um and so it was really i felt like we took a bit of a lull in spring but i felt like i felt natural like i felt like we were still growing um like new co-leads and such were like being onboarded um we were getting the buddy system in which like new members actually get an orientation so they don't come in confused like all of us were like we were getting that into place and such and then we did once the mass shooting at atlanta happened at the asian massage parlor i felt like we like the lull that we took um really allowed us to like dedicate all that built up energy that we kind of like built up like while we were like recharging into organizing for that um that cause especially so like i knew we were still here like i never doubted that we were like gonna die because like we were all just we all just needed a break and we just needed like a cause to rally behind speaking of spring i know we did do the mutual aid event so any of y'all that did go how was it actually like meeting everyone oh my god everyone is so much shorter than i thought they would be okay actually see <laughs> Actually seeing people's legs for the first time. Oh my gosh, people. Ari, I, how tall are you? I am 5'6", but it seemed like I was towering over everyone. I swear to God, I met all these, like I showed up early with the rest of the core team, you know, to set up and I was looking around and I was like, wow, this is how y'all are. Like this is y'all really in person. I was so shocked, oh my God. But like the mutual aid drive, was so good really hot though i was really tired uh because we were outside all day but we passed out so much food i bonded with so many people and like it was just really surreal like seeing the whole org just like not behind a computer screen and like actually like in like a physical form like i had met some people through the haunt the poles event or the um, the art fall art series, like I mentioned earlier, and also the manor jump, like I mentioned, but like seeing like this big number of March for Our Lives able to come to the little church to like pass out food, like that was so surreal. Yeah, it was extremely surreal. I had been to like a few events in the past, but they were all like pretty short. Um, but there's some of it, we've been there since six in the morning and it ended at like 3 p.m. So we had like all day with each other. And I went, George and Kathleen, our executive directors went, so did the state director, Maggie Lake, and our previous finance lead, I forgot, oh, Cole went, that was my first time meeting Cole, and like organizing and seeing all these donations from different organizations and different like people, individuals, and then like packaging and making sure everyone had everything and then passing it out to over 300 families and like half the time we had allotted for it was incredible. Cause like you're online, you write a press release, you send it, and like you just don't think about it anymore. But you're there and you're working, you see exactly the magnitude of people. And it's so incredible to see it in person. Also, yes, Cole is like five, eleven, six feet tall, and I am five feet tall. I shrunk two inches since I was a freshman. And I was like, these people are so tall. What is wrong with them? Shrink a little, why don't you? Be normal, shrink. Y'all, I just got to say, 5'11 is not tall. My dad is 6'3 and a half. 
Dude, no, but like Cole's 5'11", it's like evenly distributed, so he looks a lot taller than he is. Like he he really just like carries like tall energy too. Yeah, can we get some high reveals from everyone? You know who's tall and who I did not expect to be tall? John. He, John is one of our members, and he's pretty close to you, same school as George, but George is like five foot five, and he, George radiates like six foot four energy, so we're like, where is the rest of it? And his friend jo- John, like opposite, like you think he was like four foot six, he shows up, he's like six two, and I'm like, who are you? I have never seen you before in my life. And he's like, my name is John. I was like, oh, you're John? And he's like, yep. I was like, all right, Bessie, get to work. And we just had to deal with it. Okay, not gonna lie. Whenever I first saw the pictures on um, like Instagram of like George next to Kathleen, I was like, that's George? That's not him. No way. Like, I did not recognize him. I mean, to be fair, Kathleen's like, what, 4'9", four, 4'10"? Four, yeah, she is technically in the sea of Texas classified as a midget because she's like 4'10". She legally has to be in a booster seat when she's in a car, but she's like 18 and she drives, so. No, I remember, like, I took that picture. I literally had to bend down so that I got all three of them, like Maddie, George, and Kathleen all in, like, the photo at the same like, you know what I mean? Like, I literally had to bend down to take the picture. Like, it was so bad. But no, like, the mutual air drive, those tacos were good, too. So we ordered tacos to eat. Um, and I don't know, everyone stole all the chicken ones. But, like, those kind of slapped. Like, yeah. tacos are- We spent, like, most of our money, like, that we were supposed to use, like, buying food on food for our volunteers because we had so many in for so long we were like you just provide lunch for everyone so we bought like 350 dollars worth of tacos and we bought chicken shrimp and then veggie and everyone stole the chicken ones and the veggie ones and left the fish ones and we bought fish tacos because we had muslim volunteers so we had to provide halal food but i think they ate the chicken ones so i don't know we had an excess amount of fish tacos not to mention i ordered them at the wrong location so they were like what are you talking about this is the wrong location call another restaurant and i did so i was on the phone for like an hour trying to find out where the people with tacos were and it was just very stressful because there are people coming up and being like hey there's lunch soon i was like i don't know ask the taco lady the mutual aid was really fun can we talk about the rally oh yeah seeing people at the rally was also quite interesting um for those who don't know there was like a like a week where it was just like shootings like every day constantly I think like I think at the end of the week as we were writing like the statement or like the letter for the rally I think it was like over 149 people were like injured due to gun violence so we held a rally the disarm hate rally and so we all gathered around city hall um to you know rally against that and i um that's also where i met a lot of our marginalized members and also it was really cool to see like members of like the community who weren't necessarily in the org also show up for this rally but yeah that was um like a really interesting thing um from spring 2020 like we were just coming down from the high of mutual aid and then it was like the rally happened 
you know, and we like had a quick turnaround time for that. We planned it all and, you know, we executed it. I think it was pretty successful. We had a good amount of like city hall representatives. We had a few like candidates that were really interested in gun violence prevention show up. And our artists, we had like people give speeches and sing songs and do performance art and poetry. They were amazing. So like, if you see the videos on our Instagram, shout out to them because they did a really good job on bringing this event together. Also like right after the event, everyone like dispersed and went home, but those who like stayed to clean up were mainly like the Houston leads. And we were like, hmm, what if we go get dinner together? And we had never like hung out together, like ever in the past like two years. And so we all piled up into everyone's cars and we drove like 10 minutes away and we got like pho and tacos, like there's this one like center where they had these restaurants and we ate, I was with Cole and Kathleen and her boyfriend Omar, who was also a secretary. And it was a really good time. I was really thankful to have spent really good quality time with everyone for the first time. All right, and now moving into summer, finally. Um, and now what we're working on. Um, so for Ari and Esme, what has it been like working on the art exhibit? And if y'all wanna plug that, go ahead. Well, I was outreach lead when I was like, when it was sprouting out. So it was just a lot of sending, writing emails, creating lists of who we want there, what we're planning on doing, and a lot of like planning meetings with our members but now that it's like in fruition of what we want it to look like it seems like it's going to be really amazing i am no longer outreach sleep so i'm not the one contacting everyone but if you are interested in creating or exhibiting a piece related to gun violence it doesn't have to be visual art each you could do like a poem or sing a song you can email us at mfolhhouston at gmail.com and we will definitely send you updates about that so you can be involved. Uh, and yeah, uh, the art exhibit, um, I'm not involved too much right now because we are in the contacting stage and I'm creatives co-lead. So, you know, that's outreach's problem. But um, yeah, at the beginning, I just kind of helped kind of define the ideas and just kind of like help visualize and help make the exhibit um, plan cohesive and I think now it's in really good hands and I think it's gonna turn out to be better than we ever could have really hoped for it to be and I'm really excited to see like all of the art once you know the exhibit is actually like together but yeah my part was really just to help organize ideas. I'm not gonna spoil Ari's idea because it was very big brain but like Outreach is like contacting, like, I don't even know what the organization is called. It's like the te Texan sculptors or something. And like, it's gonna be great. I'm so excited for it. Um, I'm really, honestly, I really like the direction we're going in with it. Whereas we're pivoting from like a museum to like a local cafe or like an artsy fartsy cafe or something like that. I think it's gonna be really good for the community and it's gonna be really fun and engaging. And yeah, just gun violence gun violence prevention awareness baby look out for that you should join this organization you want to be a part of that all right so this question is kind of for anyone about kind of anything um do y'all have any future plans either within the organization or outside of it i can plug the children's book that we are working on in creatives right now we are in the process of making a children's book it will be 
hopefully available like really soon, maybe by the end of summer. It's the ABCs of gun violence prevention and it's put together by our members, drawn by our members to educate the community. And I think it's like big brained, uh, one of the greatest ideas this organization has ever had. And I'm just really excited for it to like come out and everyone to like get their hands on it and like have it. As the newly ordained um, community and engagement lead, I have to ask you, are we having a picnic this summer? Actually, absolutely we are. So requirement, be vaccinated, obviously. Hot people are vaccinated. And I actually, my 18th birthday was last week, and I planned a picnic with Josh and March for like choosing leads. So if you go to my Instagram, you can see like me, George, Jessica, Catherine, the new ED, we all showed up and celebrated my 18th birthday and the new outreach colleague, Cheryl's 17th birthday, we have the same birthday. And it was amazing. And it's just like a blueprint of what it's going to be in the future when we have an organization-wide picnic, which I'm very excited about. Also, as the new community engagement lead, it's my job to like create social events to bring our organization together socially. So we have been planning, I talked about like a horror movie night because some horror movies just came out and um new member orientations so yeah be on the lookout for that if you're interested all right and just to kind of finish off we have a few last questions um what has been your favorite part of uh, march for lives or like what has been your favorite activity that you've done mutual aid event mutual aid event my favorite was probably the banner drop because that was where i felt the most badass uh, my favorite part of this is channeling my creativity into something bigger than myself. Again, shout out to the Council of Thickums Creatives Channel. No, Creatives Committee. Yes. Lastly, before wrapping up, give you a reason why people should join March for Our Lives Houston. I think Mar people should join March for Our Lives Houston because it is a great gateway into like the activism space you're doing organizing to actually, you know, better society. And also the community is just really great. And like, you can create like long lasting friendships while doing something good and important. Yeah, to balance off Ariel's last point, you do make amazing friendships. Like I said, with my friend Cole, the other lead, we went to prom together. He came to my graduation. Um, we're going to concerts together. We're planning like so much together, like a lifelong friendship. Also, we should join if you're interested in like any part of nonprofit of like activist organizing, because we don't only work with just gun mass prevention, but we do Black Lives Matter work. We work with um, climate organizers. We work with Asian American Pacific Islander organizational groups. And it's not just us. And it's a wonderful way to enter into the activism space in Houston. Yes, GVP work is extremely intersectional. If like you're interested in any other issues like gender or racial equality, um, like LGBTQ plus rights, education, anything, like it's all here. Um, we're very we work with everything, even though we do focus on GVP. And then I guess my like main reason why people should join this organization is because it's a great place for baby activists who want to get more involved. Um, like if you're kind of tired of just reposting Instagram graphics and like not really doing anything else, I strongly recommend you join this org. 
Um, the time commitment is whatever you can put into it. For example, even though I am in three committees, like people could just be like in one and like just contribute through there. Um, it's such a supportive community. Like everyone is going to help you out. Like Valerie said, we now have a buddy system. So you won't be as confused as we were at the beginning. Um, and yeah, nothing is stopping you from stepping up and taking initiative. And it, it was great being a part of marginalized Houston because we also don't have to go through a bureaucracy to approve everything we do like um civic engagement organizations within school um yeah honestly marginalized Houston not gonna lie not even exaggerating changed my life made my quarantine worthwhile I love you guys all right so thank you so much to our guests Mandy Ari and Esme um so yeah thank you so much for you know joining us on this episode and we will see you next time where hopefully we will have Etty back with us um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you all next time bye